Welcome to We're Listening to Podcast, a community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome, 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 everyone, to a fun-filled episode. Um, we're going to the original. I, I, I said Old York, but uh, <laughs> because we in the United States have New York, and she's in uh, original York, England. Uh, but everybody, welcome. Uh, a beautiful human being, a beautiful colleague, a wonderful soul who you're going to get to know here. Please join me in welcoming to the show, Jules Wyman. Hello. Hi there, Rob. So, so excited to have you here. Um, and before I give you a chance to introduce yourself to the community, I want to I wanna tell them about assumption of identity that I made on you. <laughs> so I had a client who, um, they're from, from the UK, and her sister's name was Jules. And so we would talk about her sister, and she would tell me all these things, and her sister was, you know, a, a great writer and this. And so we were on a call once and I saw your name and I was like, oh, that's a sister right there. So I studied your background. I was like, hey, is Jules kind of like clean, like everything's in order? And she was like, oh, yes, everything is in. I was like, oh, I was I saw your sister there. And she goes, where? I was like, oh, she was on the Michael course with me. So she texts her sister and she goes, Rob, my sister wasn't on that course. I was like, yes, she was like. Maybe she didn't want to tell you, but I saw her. Like the lady you described to me, I literally saw on the screen in there. And holy crap, when we um, did the last names, it, it was close, but it wasn't the same. So you were not a sister. Uh, so that <laughs> was my introduction. So before I literally ever met you, I believed I loved you because I thought you were somebody else. So that's, <laughs> that's what I wanted to start with. Totally had you confused with somebody else. So meeting you, the real you, and loving you just made it all the better. So I love the fake you and the real you all together. But, <laughs> but if you would, just take a moment and kind of introduce yourself, uh, you know, to the community. I love that. And, and I also love the fact that actually, to a certain degree, your name in the community precedes you as well. So before I had the opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. I had this, this Rob in the corner that people were talking about and Rob and Rob and I was, who's this guy? Um, <laughs> it's kind of in some senses, a similar thing happened in that way of being able to, to, I was doing my best not to assume things because people were telling me, telling me who you were, you know, you're this great guy, this great guy, this great guy. Yeah, I didn't just have an image. I had words being given to me as well. So it's really nice to, get to know you as opposed to who we think somebody is and I think that's such a common thing whether it be the celebrity that we've seen on the screen and we make a huge amount of assumptions about them um or you know there's stuff written in the paper so therefore that must be true um or even just the person who passes us on the street that happens to not be smiling that day and their head's down and you know they maybe look a bit disheveled and we'll make such a bunch of assumptions really really quickly rather than getting to know the person even if it's a momentary yeah. um so i'm jules 
Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, I live in the UK. Um, I've been working professionally as a coach for 17 and a half years, but without realizing it was probably coaching in my previous career to a certain degree as well, without any of the skills. But when I talk to people that I used to work with, they would say that, oh yeah, that doesn't surprise me, you used to do that. Um, and it's a career that I had zero intention of doing. I had zero intention of setting up a business. I knew about show business. I knew about jazz hands and that kind of side of things. I didn't know about business business. Um, and my, my kind of phrase is that this, my business started me as opposed to me starting the business because it was an invitation from where I was at at that point in my life to um, start seeing what else was possible rather than what I had assumed about myself. Um, even though I'd lived with myself for quite a few years up until that point, I'd made a bunch of assumptions about myself of what I was, what I was and wasn't capable of, what someone like me could or couldn't do. Um, and this industry kind of um, challenged all of that and was a real kick in the face in a good way to go, but what if that's not true? What if that assumption actually isn't true? And what if you are so much more than who you think you are or what you think you are? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love that. Um, and I want to jump right into that point because what I love about having these conversations is showing the extreme similarity between all us as human beings. And mm. so I want, to, I want to jump back into the space and, and we could do it because you have gotten to the point of being a very successful businesswoman. But I want to go back to what was it like when you didn't think that was possible? What was the circumstances? What was kind of in front of you where it just didn't seem like Jules, as I know her today, could even exist? It's interesting because to a certain degree, I sort of get bored of telling this story, but not because I perceive it's a boring story for anybody else, but it, there's such a great chasm between me now and the me then. And I also appreciate that when people meet me now, they meet me now. So they make a lot of assumptions about who I am now versus seeing the very barbed, broken, jagged ladder that I've climbed to get to where I am today. So I grew up on a, a council estate, which would be like a projects in the States. Okay. Um, we had uh, glamorous drug dealers next door and they weren't glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my parents did their very best. They worked extremely hard to provide everything that they could with what they had. Um, and I went to a, a normal comprehensive school, did pretty average in everything. Um, so sort of saw myself as, I've always, I, I suppose like one of the identities I had a strong attachment to was I'm the outsider. So pretty much all of my family would class themselves as being more introverted or shy or quiet or whatever label they pick that way. Um, whereas I, I wasn't, I wanted to sing and dance and express, not necessarily to show off, or I'm sure that that was a part of it at some point, wanting that validation, but I just wanted to express myself, but it was very much squished down and someone like you shouldn't behave that way and don't embarrass your mother and you know all of that kind of side of things. So for me, what then led me through my way of coping with all of that was to initially reach out to food so um, I could devour a box of chocolates very quickly um, and hide the evidence. I got, got very good at that. 
um, when that didn't satiate the kind of the hole on the inside, um, I escalated to alcohol. So started drinking fairly heavily from the age of about 14. When that stopped working, I went towards uh, smoking and drugs. And then they just kept escalating and escalating and escalating until I hit a point of um, self-hatred uh, to the point where I attempted to take my own life twice. The first time I think was more of a cry for help. The second time was, yeah, I'm done. Um, or at least I thought it was. I'd sat, drunk a lot, taken a lot of uh, tablets. It's a very long story, so I'll, shock, I'll cut it short and ended up in a conversation with a friend where I finally confessed to her what I'd done. And she said, because um, she was also very drunk at the time, <laughs> um, she said, I'm sure it'd be fine. Go to sleep, we'll sort it out in the morning. But there was that, there was an inner voice that just said, go get checked. And it was something that, that I've thought about a lot as to that inner voice not only was wanting to check that I was physically okay, but I suddenly realized actually I didn't want to die. I didn't want to be miserable anymore. I didn't want to be unhappy. I didn't want to hate myself. I didn't know how to get out of it, but I actually didn't want to die. I just didn't want to live the way that I was living. So it was a, an invitation to start doing things in a different way in that sense but at that point I still didn't I didn't really know where I was going to find that answer yeah but I knew I had a question there was how can I live in a different way no I oh man that's such a a beautiful question and a distinction to make of the voice sometimes I say imagine being in a um, you're a rugby sports fan soccer fan ish you can use ish. either ish. okay <laughs> So we're in we're in a soccer stadium that's packed. The fans are screaming to the top of their lungs for their favorite team. And and there's one person in that entire audience saying, "Hey Rob, leave now." Mm -hmm. Right? One one voice. In, how do I how am I ever going to hear that one voice? when the, the stadium thousands are screaming. And that, that what you just said, that story, the way you just told it is how I think it feels for a lot of people. But what's so interesting is as soft as that voice was and compared to the loudness of others, it has such a weight to it. You couldn't do nothing but listen. It's a, cl it's a, it's a clarity. The, the, the analogy that I often think about is that I can be really thirsty. And if I'm really thirsty and I have absolutely zero water around me other than a dirty puddle, then that's kind of going to quench my thirst a bit. But it's not of any quality. Yeah. Versus when I when I can get myself to a proper mountain spring and that water is really different. And it's there, there there's it's the quality of them. And you know, that moment we were in a tent and and I just remember it was like a a, a chink of peace like a split a fraction of a split second that made it so clear that I couldn't ignore it even though it was quiet I just couldn't ignore it I didn't know I didn't know what it was I didn't give it it's happened a few times in my life and I didn't give it the I didn't give it the time of day really that to realize it was something that was that I could work with in the way that we work with it now and get that connection to know that it's there for all of us but it is us, <laughs> you know, to a certain degree. It's that picture, it's that picture of the two hands coming from different angles that when the fingertip, there's, there's a spark there, it's yeah. that. 
It's like yeah. that. That's that's what I mean. Take me into jazz hands. Take me into we go from <laughs> we go from having that type childhood. How did we? And I heard a little bit of, of what you said. Like as a child, you you weren't a, you weren't an introvert. You kind of kind of wanted to express yourself. So I heard it in that. But tell me what that was like in in that career, as you say. Yeah, working in the theater was really. I worked backstage. I didn't by the, by the time I I knew I still wanted to work in theater. Um but I didn't have the confidence to go on stage. I didn't want to be in front of people. I didn't want to be anywhere where people could um, listen to me, watch me, point fingers at me. I didn't want that at all. So I worked backstage um, and I for, I was in it for 10 years. And for the first seven years, I absolutely loved it. But unfortunately, because I wasn't in a great headspace, it's it, it, it was a place where there's so much pretense going on. That's what the world of theatre is about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and pretending and and it wasn't a healthy environment for me I'm not saying it's an unhealthy environment it wasn't a healthy environment for me yeah. um so the first seven years I absolutely loved it and then things kind of really started to spiral for me and it took me three years to finally pluck up the courage and just I handed my notice in to the you I, I very rarely it, it's unusual within stage management to get a, a, a permanent job so it's usually contract to contract, three months here, six months there, all over the place. So I was very used to that kind of lifestyle, but I didn't know, I didn't believe that I was capable of anything else than that. And it was a safe, in inverted commas, world. I knew it, so why would I step out of it, even though I wasn't happy in it? But I'd made a commitment to myself when I was eight that I would only ever do a job that I was happy. And if I wasn't happy, I would leave. Mm. And it was because... I'd, around the dinner table, I'd ask both my parents, um, did you have a good day at work? And both of their responses was, oh, there's work. And I remember, I don't know if I said it out loud or if I simply thought it, but it was like, I never want to do anything where I'm unhappy. Wow. And even if I was working as a waitress or I've worked in a kid's nursery or in a call center, I've done very crappy jobs, but I always did my best to make them fun. And the moment they didn't become fun, I went I went and did something else. And, and that was the same point with the theatre, but it just took me a while because I was leaving a world that I knew and to step out into this, what seemed like a very scary world at that point, I, did, I didn't know what to do, but I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, but it, it, it was like going from a full cup to emptying it all in one go. Mm -hmm. And then just w being as patient as I could, which, is a practice that I've had to learn to see what came into that space and it was it was about six eight months in somebody offered me some uh some coaching uh, as a gift and I really enjoyed that and then partway through that the guy that was coaching me said I think you should train in this because you do it naturally I was like, okay still had no intention someone else gifted me a course I still had no intention of setting up in business um but you have to have case studies as you were training as I was training and they started referring me to other people and I got these phone calls and can we book in and how much do you charge and it was a bit like get to charge for this I was always <laughs> told at school to stop talking and I get this space where I can talk and 
that's all that's all I'm doing is what it felt like was I'm I'm just talking and listening and I get paid for it and it's awesome <laughs> um, uh, and that's the is that the business model love what we do <laughs> I love what we do yeah uh, make it happy yeah um, you know and getting paid for some you're naturally good at I, and, and, and interestingly enough, I, I do, I run some trainings with a particular client around, um, I call it guide your own career. And they all come, they're waiting for this model that you follow step one, step two, step three. And I'm like, basically, I'm like, what do you like doing? Do more of that and stop the other stuff. And it's, it's just been such a joy to watch people's brains get really scoobied over that. Like, what do you mean? You can enjoy your work. Yep. I've, I've enjoyed my work since the age of 14 when I first started work. There's been a, a couple of the odd days here and there, but pretty much overall, I'd say at least 85% of the time I've enjoyed what I do. So it's definitely the business model is now is to enjoy it. And if I don't enjoy it, then change it. I, I really love that because you, you've helped me with a few things. We, we've talked business and you've also had clients who you've even in our same talk made assumptions about being you know so great in business and then something you could see so clearly you're like wait what <laughs> how is that a problem you know I think that's the thing that really surprises me you know coming from the the assumptions that I made from about myself that have really held me back for far too long are around my education level my background my um just so many things really um that that the more I let go of those, the more I just put them to one side and just go, well, forget, just imagine I didn't know that about myself. What would then happen? And just see what, what then happens. So like, like with this particular person that, that, that you're referencing, she is somebody that I hold up as this amazing businesswoman. So when she came to me for business advice, I was a bit like, oh, I think you've got the wrong number. <laughs> um, but then when I reflect back to reflected back to her, what she was asking me to, to, to talk to her about, to me, it seems so glaringly obvious. But I'm pretty sure if I laid my finances out in front of her, she'd see stuff that I'm like, oh, my God, how did I not see that? Because that's her sweet spot. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing is that we can really get caught up with comparing ourselves with someone else rather than looking for our own personal sweet spot, even if it's in the same industry. You know, you, we, how how you work and how I work is the same, but it's completely different. Yeah, I like that. I like that. We we work the same, but it's completely different. Yeah, mm. uh, absolutely. Man, assumptions and attachments. We've been talking about this a lot <laughs> over the past <laughs> really? couple of weeks. It's whether this assumption you make to someone or an attachment you you make uh, is is super interesting, and and now knowing that you are in business, you said something that I wanna I wanna kind of get you to riff on, and that is that you you made the statement that evolution will happen. Why not have a conscious hand in it? Tell mm. me what that means, where that came from. It, it came out of a conversation that I had with um, two different people actually. One is my coach. Um, and another one is a teacher that I, I learned from in India. And what she was, the way she, the analogy she used was it's going to rain. So you can either, and you know it's going to rain. So you either moan about it raining and that the weather's not the way that you want it to be, or you pick up an umbrella and you can even plant seeds if you want to. Mm. But it's going to rain. 
and to me that that really hit home with that recognition that life is <laughs> and it evolves and it changes constantly by season by season by season regardless of where we are in the world and 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 so i can i can argue against that and 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 fight for it to be a different way i could try and stop it i watched um there's a movie on netflix um that i watched at the weekend called true spirit which is about the australian um girl whose name escapes me i'm going to say Je uh, jessica watson but i apologize if i've got the name wrong and at 16 years of age she circumnavigated the world solo in a yacht and the final part of her leg, sorry for any spoiler alerts here, um, is that she is facing into a huge storm, huge storm. And her advisor and her her, partner, her parents are basically, look, we know that you're pretty much a thousand miles away from your end, but I think you need to pull over. And she says, why don't I just go with Mother Nature as opposed to against her? I was like, oh, my gosh, that's it evolve with it move with it don't fight against the waves go with the waves and that, that may mean that you tumble underneath for a while but at least then you know what's happening you know what that you're you're potentially going to come out there's no guarantee you'll come out the other side but at least at least you've had a hand in it you, you're making a choice with the process as opposed to trying to argue against it and stop it from happening yeah i just you just, um, as you were talking with that specific story, feels like you just thumped me in my forehead because on my way to the gym this morning, my lip was poked out for majority of my ride because it was raining. And <laughs> I had all this stuff about hating the rain. And I, I even said, this is no joke. I said, I have another goal. When, my wife, when I was drinking my coffee this morning, I said, I got another goal. She was like, what? I said, make enough money where half of the year I don't have to be here for the rain, right? <laughs> it rains three times where I live. Like, you know? I was going to say, where you are, you, you want to try coming and living in the north of England. <laughs> exactly. But that's the point. That's my point. Like the attachment I have to so-called thinking rain is supposed to be gloomy or whatever the case, and it's going to spoil my day. I got to the gym fine, came back on the calls fine. Like it was just like, wow. So I love, I love that. Water, again, coming because it is raining so much here, I'm watching water come off the hill on my driveway and just go down the hill. If it hits a rock or a leaf or something in the driveway, it just goes around. It literally does not stop and have a conversation with leaf. You are blocking me. Therefore, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like, that's the flow of life I want. Is that what's up in the program? Is, is it just that easy if I come to your program? Is it just that quick to get something? <laughs> well, well yeah, yeah, to me, I mean, the, the membership that I've got is, is called Conscious Conversations. And it, originally it was called Evolve Confidence mm -hmm. because my whole focus was about confidence. And I, I often joke and say that confidence is my gateway drug to get people in the door. And then we have the deeper conversations. Yeah. But actually, over the over the, the the last couple of years that it's been running, it's like, well, what actually is this that we've got? And it was a, it's a conscious conversation. We choose a theme to look at each month and really be conscious in it. So have hand in this. Yeah. If we're going to be talking, February, for example, has all been about um, self love. So okay let's really look at self-love let's take it and and expose it look at where we're doing it where we're not what it is 
so that we can um, not berate ourselves if we are or aren't doing it. It's just, let's see, let's see what's actually there so that we can have the, you know, slap on the head moments of going, oh yeah, okay, get that right, okay. Um, and it's, I just find it, I find it fascinating. Oh, you're gonna laugh at this, Rob, it's just started raining. Um, <laughs> um, I just love the opportunity to ex explore with where someone's at and see what they see, see the world. How, how can I learn to see the world more through your eyes then to give you an opportunity to see through my eyes, which is obviously extremely difficult for both, but to then just see what see what we see from those perspectives. Oh, yeah. Not making one or right better, worse, right, wrong. Just let's see. Mm -hmm. First, and, let's yeah. just see first. Because yeah. if we if we go into it thinking one's right or wrong, I've already put one of us on defense. Right. I've, I've already backed one of us into a corner where your communication is defending your point of view, not just describing your point of view. Right. You know, trying to convince me your point of view is not the wrong way. Trying to, that's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. If I'm just listening to, to what you say. Uh, so I, I really do love that. Again, it comes back to those attachments and assumptions and how we either are having one or the other destroy our experience in a way. Either the assumption I have about the person or the attachment I have about what the experience is supposed to be, either one is really messing up the true experience. You know, so I, I really love that. So here's what I would love you to do for me. First, um, just thank you again for, for being here, for uh, jumping on and being so willing to just flow with me. Uh, and go. I, I absolutely love just being able to hit record and see what comes out. But I, I really love playing when we just hit go. Um, because things like what you just said come up that, that kind of make me um, see something. And that was when you said confidence was the gateway drug, so to speak, that you, you use. And I kept seeing like, ah, I kept seeing like a marketplace like 10, 12 stores lined up and we're walking down. And one store, the mannequin has a t-shirt on for confidence. So people who want confidence goes in that store. The next store has life after trauma, right? They, they just want to get past their, so they come in for that t-shirt, life after trauma. Um, who, who else? Uh, Rohini and, and Angus have rewilding. You know, so if you want to be rewilded, you go in that door. Michael has created, like, you just go through all different, but the exact same. Mm. Or the exact same, but totally different. Whichever way we, you said it earlier today, when you say how we work. Yes. Mm. Yeah, we're, we're all the same, but totally different. And it's, it's whatever doorway you get through to have this conscious conversation, man, walk through it. Because once you have the conscious conversation, you're free to shop wherever you want to at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I thank you for that. And, and just again, for just being here for how you show up and everything you've been able to do since seeing this for yourself. And throw you on the spot over there in original York. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, throw you on the spot a little bit by just having you end us out with whatever's on your heart. Uh, I do, I would like you though, to tell people where they can find the membership program information. Um, and then from there, just, just whatever's on your heart and they'll be the last voice you hear 
Um, but again, thank you for being here. Oh, well, thank you so much for the invitation, Rob. It's an absolute pleasure. And it's really nice to riff in this way as well and just see where it, where the, where it goes. And I'm not very good when I script things out. It's nice to have this, <laughs> that's see, what, see what comes out. Yeah, that's um, me. <laughs> so um, people can go to JulesWyman.online and click on the I'm ready to evolve button um, to find out more about the membership. And there's other things on the website as well. But I, interestingly enough to finish up with the thing I think I'd like to really remind people because it's something that's that's as much as I said what I did at eight where I decided that I only want to do work where I'm happy. I still think I was taking, especially in business, I was taking myself and business far too seriously and therefore trying to get it right. And then I think a big part of that then spilled over to other areas of my life about I was trying to get that right or with the premise then if I get business right and life right, then that will make me right. And then I'm okay. And it's it's only been in the last, I don't know, uh, four or five years that I've realized just how much of a pattern that is. And so the thing I'd love to leave people with as a thought is to think about how can you, how can you play with life and experiment and just give yourself the opportunity to learn about yourself through that play learn about what it is that you like what lights you up what doesn't um what you want to do more of um but if you get lost because you've gone for a 10 mile hike and you can't find your way back as long as you've got a way you know a map or directions or a cell phone or whatever it is then you'll find a way and the more the more I've done that the freer I've felt and you know when I talk about it from a public speaking perspective, I often say, you know, it's giving yourself full permission to F up because it's the only way you're going to learn. So that's, that's changed my life quite significantly and certainly changed my business. And it's made it far more fun to be part of every day. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind. Have the day you deserve.